and Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob McGregor. And Trish McGregor. And our producer and tech magician, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular blog posts and where you can find out about our books. Among them are Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities, The Secrets of Spirit Communication, Sensing the Future, and Aliens in the Backyard. Our upcoming book is called The Shift, Reports from the Mystical Underground. Trisha's latest novel is White Crows, and Rob has recently completed releasing the audio edition of Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings. Our guest today is Bernard Bateman. He's the Bateman, first Bateman, 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 Bateman. I'm sorry. Bateman. Why do I always time? do that? <laughs> all this time? It's because it looks like it should be Bateman. <laughs> Only to you. I mean, other uh, people get Bateman out of that. <laughs> He's the first psychiatrist since Carl Jung to undertake a serious study of synchronicity or meaningful coincidence. He's also the author of two books on the subject connecting with coincidence and meaningful coincidence, how and why synchronicity and serendipity happen. Bernie is currently a visiting professor at the University of Virginia. In late 2019, he started the Coincidence Project with a group of people who research and write about synchronicity. His resume is so long that it would take up half the, half the show to... <laughs> To enumerate everything. So yeah, welcome, why, Bernie. Why, why don't you just, just say that you and I got into this thing <laughs> together, too? I mean, you were part of this whole coincidence project for quite a long time. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. Well, welcome, okay, Bernie. Welcome. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while yeah. since I've seen you, but since I've been on your podcast. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, you've got a new book, and it's there on the on your door. Yeah. I like that. Right there, right there. Now, did you get yeah, a poster made? Is that what you did there? Yeah, it's a poster. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. So, Bernie, I, I suppose that uh, coincidences have been a part of human nature uh, since ancient times. It seems uh, they were probably seen as signs or symbols, auguries or omens, spirit communication or messages from the gods. But uh, what is the first recorded coincidence that you are aware of? And historically? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I like to make up a one that's an old one, <laughs> just be just to illustrate a point um, that coincidences are have been uh, everything that you said, uh, maybe spirit communications, right. they still could be. Uh, but the reason to start with the word coincidence, instead of uh, synchronicity, is that Coincidences have been a part of the way in which human beings have figured out how to get along in this reality. And I'll give you a, a simple kind of made up example. <clears throat> 
but say you, Robin, Robin, I, and uh, whatever that guy's you write about, some kind of like adventurer. But let's just talk to you about. <laughs> let's just talk to you, Indiana. Yeah, Indiana, Indiana Rob. Indiana Rob. Let's say hey, me and Indiana Rob before there was Indiana are out there in the jungle someplace, and this is like millennial ago. And yeah, we're hunting. We're part of a hunting and gathering group, and we're looking for game. We're looking for not a football game. We're looking for something to eat. And we we see several times a certain mark on a tree. And it has the same shape. And you see that, we, you and I see that, hey, Rob, does this happen? We see the same mark. And almost every time we see that mark, we run into a particular animal, one that we like to feed on. So there's a coincidence between seeing the animal and seeing the mark on the tree. So we begin to say, wait a minute, the animal probably made the mark on the tree. So if I see this mark, I can go find the animal. And in that way, coincidences have and still are showing us clues about how reality works. Mm, that's, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, I like that you included Indiana Jones. That's interesting. <laughs> Got to have Indiana Rob in there, man. Yeah, but that's not really a synchronicity. You know, that's more of a causal thing. The The mark is made by the animal, so the animal is nearby. But what about... Uh, well, you don't it, know that. You don't know that yeah. at first. Once you're right, once you make the link, it's no longer a coincidence. That's uh -huh. right. That's right. right. But I'm talking about that poised moment where we're wondering about the possibility that this coincidence might mean something causal. Yeah. But mm -hmm. uh, so we might also see a, a flock of crows fly by left to right. And we think, oh, that must be the direction to go to find the animals we're, uh, we're looking for. Just using the, the flock of crows as symbolic. Exactly. Yeah. But that's not mm -hmm. cause and effect. That would be beyond it right i mean maybe the maybe the crows know something we don't <laughs> yeah maybe they know where the birds or the where the food is, <laughs> the food is. yeah so, uh, yeah it could I mean, be I, either it could be either way <laughs> well i just heard a story i was on a podcast called uh, the um something about uh, jimmy jimmy Church. oh jimmy Kimmel? church Jimmy Church. No, it was Jimmy oh, Church okay, Jimmy on his Church. show, Fade to Black, last night. And he was telling me about his this hummingbird. He has he loves to have hum, hummingbirds around his house. He has a hummingbird house itself where he hummingbird feeder. And this hummingbird never done this before. And if the hummingbird just makes a beeline for his forehead. Jeez. And stands <laughs> there in the air going like this. Huh. <laughs> and he's saying, what's going on here? Um, and then he sees the hummingbird go over to the feeder and then he goes to the feeder and there's no food in there. Ah. The hummingbird <laughs> oh, was telling. Interesting. Yeah, so the, right. So birds have a, a, an intelligence and they relate to human beings. So yeah. that's why I don't make it uh, so like hard to understand. There may actually be something between that flock of birds and the, the, the stuff we're hunting for. Sure. Well, one time we were headed to South to Sugarloaf Key to visit our agent and we made, well, we didn't know we, we took a wrong turn until we saw a flock of birds heading in the opposite direction. Or, and then they turned. And I said to Rob, uh, we're headed north. And he goes, oh, my God, the birds just told us that. <laughs> yeah. So that that's true. You know, that thing with birds, it's. Yeah, Trish just recognized uh, it made her think about it didn't feel right the direction we were going. And I, <laughs> I had taken the wrong entrance. 
Ah, how did you how how do you understand that one, Rob? I mean, that's well, well, I I saw them turn in the opposite direction and I thought that's what we did. Right. You know, she she, uh, it it triggered Trisha's uh, uh, she's already questioning. Are we going in the right direction? Then she (laughs) saw the birds do that and said, hey, this is we must be going the wrong way. And uh, sure enough, uh, the sign came up. You have to understand, Bernie, I have a terrible sense of direction. (laughs) So the fact that I even noticed this was was miraculous. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I have a question. You've divided coincidences into four categories, synchronicity, serendipity, seriality, and I I always have a hard time pronouncing this word, simulpathity. Is that right? That's close enough. Yeah. Okay. Can you summarize what they are and how they differ from each other? Um, yeah, the, we have to start with the definition of coincidences. Right. Uh, yeah. Because the term coincidence is an umbrella term for the other four. I mean, it includes all four. And a coincidence is, as we have been talking about, the coming together of two apparently independent events, apparently independent events, that may have a causal explanation, but we don't know that they do at the point that we notice the mm-hmm. intersection. There's a suspicion of it. but And sometimes there isn't. Sometimes this is a random event of stuff coming together, but sometimes there's something to it. And so we define two different kinds of coincidences, generally speaking, meaningful coincidences, which is the title of my book. Uh-huh. Those, are, those are ones that have significance to the person, like the, the birds going in the opposite direction. Right. That's, a, that's a great one. It's meaningful to you uh, out there with your lack of GPSs, but you had it. Uh, you got it. Um, and then there are, are mere coincidences or just coincidences or only coincidences by which the speaker means it's all random. Now, that may not be the case. And something where people say it's meaningful, it may not actually be. But let's define what we mean by meaningful. What, ladies and gentlemen, is the meaning of meaning? Uh, <laughs> of meaningful. <laughs> and well, we'll go to the root first and then we'll see what it's full of. <laughs> the two, hey, Bernie, that's your weird look. <laughs> I have that, and you've seen it before. Yes. <laughs> and maybe you bring it out of me. I don't know. <laughs> The word meaning in coincidences has, or meaningful, two different meanings. One is, what does it mean to me? And certainly it meant you were going the wrong direction. And how do we explain it, which is a little harder to do yeah. with your bird thing. But that's the, that's the, two, th- the two meanings people tend to look for. What's it mean to me? And how do I explain it? Right. So then... That broad category, I've put in the four that you mentioned. Synchronicity tends to be, and I say tends because you know as better than I, people use that word to cover a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But the more strict Jungian definition includes psychological, interpersonal, and spiritual development. That's the primary thrust of the Jungian thrust about synchronicity. Remember, Jung was also a a psychotherapist and developed his own school of psychotherapy, analytical psychology, and was very interested in human development, specifically individuation. So he saw meaningful coincidences as being part of that process. Although other, he describes other things that aren't meaningful in that personal development way, maybe. 
He was also primarily a mystic, I think. He was definitely primarily a mystic. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why he's such a good guy for your program. Yeah, <laughs> you got to get him on sometime. I'd love to. Ghost of yeah. Young, we're we're employ, yeah. employing you. I know a guy who talks to people upstairs. <laughs> Has he talked to Young? <laughs> I've tried to get him to do that. He wouldn't do it. I had I had to get him to get him ask Young a question. Forget what it was. He wouldn't do it. <laughs> now, uh, Bernie, can somebody have a meaningful coincidence that you, as an observer, recognize as a meaningful coincidence, but the person doesn't believe in meaningful coincidences, so he doesn't see it as meaningful at all? Is it a meaningful coincidence or not? Uh, amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> amen, brother. And yeah, you're doing uh, one of my favorite with the tree falls in the forest right. and nobody <laughs> hears it. Does it make a noise? Yeah. Well, it's a meaningful coincidence because somebody else noticed it. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and I think we just have to go to that observation. It doesn't have to be the person himself. Oh. Well, explain, uh, okay, what you mean by serendipity, <clears throat> seriality, and the last one. Well, the serendipity uh, tends to get more academic research and tends to be more in Europe and tends to be kind of something that is like you can get a PhD doing serendipity research, which is really huh. hard to do with synchronicity. We both know one guy in yeah. Philip did it. <laughs> Philip did it with, but that's not easy to do uh, uh, to get a PhD in synchron synchronicity. But you, other people in Europe are studying serendipity as a scientific academic thing. Hmm. And one of the things people don't know usually is that a lot of Nobel Prize winners when they describe how they found their discovery, mostly by accident. Yeah. Right. And the definition of, the simple definition of serendipity is happy accident. Mm -hmm. uh, or I like to say, uh, I hope you remember I said this, Trish, the dog, <laughs> a dog that trots about finds a bone. I remember this. <laughs> might remember that one. If, if you're moving around a lot, you might run into something, but I add to that gypsy, to that gypsy saying, the dog that trots about finds a bone, especially if the dog is trotting around near a butcher shop. <laughs> right. And that does make That's a lot a of point. difference. Yeah. As where you are in in your environment for making things happen. But the longer definition of serendipity of serendipity is finding something you need in a way that you didn't expect to right. find it, or finding something just weren't running around that you didn't even weren't even looking for, and there it was. Uh, and the you know the probably the, every male's favorite example uh, of that uh, probably, but it's um so these guys were doing uh, in London or England, were doing some studies with a, a, a drug that was supposed to do something for hypertension or, uh, or some cardiac difficulties. And they were doing it mostly on men. And uh, they finished the study. They saw whether it might have helped or not. And, and the men, many of the men in the study said, don't take that away from me. <laughs> that drug is now called Viagra. <laughs> uh, <laughs> interesting interesting that's that is a kind of prominent serendipity thing but there there's so many of them uh that that, that it becomes a thing to study like mm -hmm. uh, alexander fleming and the discovery of penicillin right. which is a long story we, we don't need to tell here but it is a paradigmatic form of serendipity mm -hmm. he was looking he was looking for something but he found it in a way he never expected
so that's serendipity, pretty much. Happy accident, simple way to summarize it. Siri, what, out. Go ahead, yeah, please. Yeah. What happened? What about when two scientists independently make the same discovery? I mean, that's not really serendipity, but it's. Uh, well, I think it is. It'd be more like synchronicity. I don't know. How, how would you? I, I, I wonder about what to call that, too, Rob. I think that's a wonderful question. Uh, it, one of those. One of those examples is like um, in like uh, in like what was it like uh, 1976, um, February 14th, 19, 1876, rather, two two people walked into the U.S. Patent Office, each of them carrying right. a description of what was to become the telephone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elisha Gray and Alexander Graham Bell were the two inventors. And that was a simultaneous independent discovery. They didn't really play off of each other. Now, that to me is an important way of thinking about what I call the psychosphere, our mental atmosphere, that we are exchanging information and energy with our atmosphere, with our mental atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And these guys were feeding off of ideas that were playing around in this thing and pulled right. them down yeah. and got them in. Did they actually walk into the patent office at the same time? The lawyers did. Oh. That's it. Now well, that's really same, interesting. The same day. I mean, I yeah, don't know same that, day. I mean, yeah. that's yeah, I, Valentine's Day. I mean, it's uh-huh. the fourteenth, uh, eighteen seventy-six. Interesting. Uh, like, uh... like seventeen seventy-six. Like yeah, right. Before. I mean, it's a, it's a kind of fun one. You want to hear another one? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> this one. I remember this one because March twelfth was my father's birthday, and this is March twelfth, nineteen fifty-one, uh, and the. The world, particularly the English-speaking world, um, England and our, and in the United States, were introduced to a cartoon character with a dog <laughs> that that both got into trouble, named Dennis the Menace. Yeah, right. And it was a different Dennis the Menace in England than it was in the United <laughs> States. The Dennis the Menace one was a dark-haired guy who was a who was it purposefully a bad boy, uh-huh. and. That the American one was a blonde-headed guy who bumbled his way with his it was dog. Just kind of a trouble. doofus. He was a yeah. doofus, but yeah. they both caused a lot of trouble. So right. they, they had, and they tried to figure out was there some plagiarism there too. People really worked at it. No, these guys did it simultaneous, independent, not only discovery but presentation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that okay. work? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, okay, what's so your seriality sounds a lot like what we called clusters. Yes. Where, yeah. Okay. Where you have yeah. something happen over and over, it, you know, a cluster of stuff. The reason it's separate is because with serendipity and synchronicity, there's usually a connection between mind and object that I can't see in your mind what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Only you can. And then you say it's mirrored out there in my environment. And that's a lot of synchronicities are uh-huh. like that. However, like Jung's scarab dream and the patient right. would do that if you want. Um, but seriality uh, is about observables. That's what your cluster is, that you can see it and Rob can see it. It's like right. 49 crows or 49 birds. They're up there and there, there is a memorial service going on down there. Yeah. So that's an, a, a pair of observables which fit into the seriality idea. Well, apparently there on the day uh, Queen Elizabeth died, there was this double rainbow uh, over Buckingham Palace. And there were also a couple of other things that I thought, okay, these could be clusters 
having to do with her death. Yeah. It's a reality. Yeah, yeah clusters. I'm, I'm all you with clusters. Clusters yeah. tends to be mean happening at the same time. Right. Serialities that I know somebody who's seen various images of monkeys. It could be a, a, a painting, an advertising, commercial, uh, something, uh, an illustration in a book, uh, something somebody shows her a monkey toy right. or a child and she's seen them over five or seven years so this mm -hmm. is a series of of coincidences over time of repetitions over time well that's like your six fishes yes it is yeah that happened in the same day but hour after hour it's seen yes it, yeah. that's a very good example of seriality and jung mentions um uh the person who uh wrote the das gets the seriality paul Kammerer, mm -hmm. um in his book but he doesn't refer to the fish as an example of what yeah. camera was doing i thought it was mm -hmm. interesting so um, these these are all identifiable by other observers right yes. for the most part yeah. yes yes that's the point rob that is just the point to make seriality different and funny thing is seriality doesn't get much play yeah. no it doesn't and the clustering may be a little bit more because it happens around the same time, but mm -hmm. the seriality over time uh, doesn't. But it's a, still an amazing phenomenon that yeah. you see these sequences. Now explain well, your simulpathity. Simulpathity. I love the story that you tell. Which, how, which, how it came about. Yeah, me and my father, you mean? Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I know you like the word telesomatic, or at least that you refer to. To, to the person who invented that. Uh, and I thought maybe you'd want to talk about the difference and why I did simulpathity instead of telesomatic. Uh, and yeah. in this description of the choking, it's very telesomatic. Uh, and it's, it, it, but there are other ways in which to think about a broader, a broader range of such things. But in this story, um, it, was, uh, it was February 26, 1973. And I was in a Victorian house in the Fillmore district in San Francisco, where I'd been living for a couple of years. And it was about, it was 11 PM uh, San Francisco time. And I was standing over this old sink in the kitchen and I, I had something in my throat or it felt like I did and I couldn't get it out. I couldn't get it out. It was like, I was choking on this thing. And then after a while, it seemed like quite a long time, never happened before or since. My next day, my brother calls me and says, uh, our father died uh, at 2 a.m. February 27th in Wilmington, Delaware, which was 3,000 miles away from me in San Francisco. So he, he died around the same time I was choking. So He died I, choking on his own blood, right? Thank you. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> That's the important, like to, That's the important like think, detail. I don't like to think about that. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm sure you don't. He, thank you. For, thank you very much. <laughs> he died choking on his own blood. He bled into his throat. He bled mm. into his throat mm. and he died choking on his own blood. Mm. Bernie, have you felt him around in any part of any of these years since? Yeah. 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 Um, I was coming back from his tombstone unveiling in the Jewish tradition, uh, current, it's more recent. We go back and, and put the tombstone up, uh, supposedly 12 months later, but this was like 11 months later. <clears throat> and I was coming back uh, from Wilmington, Delaware, through uh, 
Dallas on American Airlines and uh, using American Airlines cards as a tarot card deck, just playing uh-huh. around with them. And I would got, I, I was a young woman got onto the plane and was seated next to me. And those were assigned seats kind of days. And there was a space between us and she had a big watch on. And uh, she asked me, what time is it? What's with this? <laughs> well, um, uh, she was a nice Jewish woman. We got married and had two wonderful boys. Uh, and I thought my fa- that was a marriage made in heaven that my father put together. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The funny thing, funny thing recently is I started having what somebody called a visitation of my father's father. Huh. And, and he was saying, he was saying, um, he, uh, you know, Carl Beitman, my father, my, was my son. So I had something to do with what's going on with you right now. <laughs> so I, I'd like a little bit of acknowledgement. So Ludwig Beitman, we're acknowledging <laughs> you right now. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so Bernie, you're pursuing the meaning of coincidences in an academic environment that traditionally would not uh, find that the the topic would be worth considering, much less pursuing, uh, unless it's about statistical evidence uh, rather than meaningfulness. Uh, Have things changed? Uh, Are people more open to it in the academic world? Yes, and that's what I was trying to say. Serendipity is becoming an academic Uh discipline. And Uh one of the kind of, I didn't do this on purpose, but it turns out to be um, like politically, media, like uh, information-wise, a good idea to include serendipity for a lot of reasons. And I had uh, my other reasons. But th- if, if, a, if a reporter from the Wall Street Journal calls me, which has happened about my book, and I don't know if, would, I don't know if I'll get an article about that. And she that would be wants, nice. It, it looks possible. It looks possible. <laughs> oh, that's great. She got on, she got on, the, um, she got, got on the phone with me, and I couldn't stop her from telling stories. Uh, yeah she has so many of them uh so it's 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 if she wanted to get data academic data because a lot of people like that there's not much about in data about synchronicity there is some but it's not been uh as you say rob there's no data involved but the the serendipity guys are coming up with data all over the place. There's a uh-huh. mythical, there's a mythical story. I don't know where it came, where it came from, but I read it on the Serendipity uh, website, the Serendipity Society website. It's an organization that's a growing organization where people feed off of each other doing research. And I read someplace hmm. that, and I probably got to go back and look, but they're, they're ma- creating serendipity experiences while someone is in an MRI and they're trying huh. to see what happens in that person's brain wow. when serendipity happens. Mm-hmm. Now, huh. That's that's trying that's to data. do that's data. That's <laughs> yeah. data. There's still very much at the idea that the brain is the source of it all, and we know that that they're going to still think that way. And what you and Rob and I and are doing is they. I mean, you know, maybe not the bits, not maybe the brain <laughs> doing the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of. There's a lot of anecdotes, uh, but usually scientists say, well, anecdotes are not data. But if there's a lot of anecdotes, don't that doesn't that start adding up to be data? Count? <laughs> well, sir, you are quoting indirectly from my book. Uh, <laughs> meaningful because in the section in which I describe 
the basics of coincidences, namely the mind and object thing. So I get away from these other terms. I, I quote the guy from Stanford who is supposed to have been the one that said uh, one story is an anecdote as, and, and, and several stories are, are, are just anecdotes. And, and the guy says, no, I was misquoted. <laughs> I said this in a, somebody in the class said that, but I said, no, one anecdote, yeah, is one anecdote, but a series of anecdote is, as you are saying, data. I've, right. got, I've gotten papers published on one anecdote that happened to be right about in a generalized way. Nobody does that anymore. But anecdotes can be data, especially when you get a string of them. And we have them. We have zillions of stories. You do, yeah. I do. I want to organize them. I, one of the part we would do with the Coincidence Project is to get some funding support to look at the patterns of the coincidence stories we've all collected. And there are patterns. <laughs> yeah. When you say that, Trish, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I, I was just thinking about my next question here. Um, one of the most interesting type of synchronicities concerns animals. And you, you bring up one in your book about the Pulse nightclub shooting that I hadn't heard of. Huh. Now, tell us that one. See, I well, think there are a lot of anecdotes like this. There are lots of anecdotes like that, but that, that this one was this one was pretty this one was pretty dramatic, uh, yeah. as you know. Uh, it's a it's a it's it's a sad story. It's a mm -hmm. it's a dramatic story, and it's really hard to to know anything about it except something is like going on here that we don't. Uh, that we don't understand. Yeah, I mean, uh, we see the memorial every time we go see our daughter in Orlando. It's it's sad. I mean, this building is just covered with flowers. I mean, it's still it's, that's, yeah. that's so good. So let me I'll, I'll tell this story. Okay. Um, uh, a twenty year old security guard on June twelfth, two thousand sixteen, killed forty nine people and wounded fifty three others in a mass shooting at a gay nightclub in Orlando called Pulse. Orlando police officer shot and killed him after a three-hour standoff. In a subsequent vigil, the names of the 49 victims were being read as a flock of birds flew by. A photographer noticed the birds and snapped a photo of them. Later, she counted the birds in the photo. There were 49. So what are the odds on that? I mean, that is just that that's mind boggling, you know, it is. It is. As the names are being read, these 49. It's just. And when we think sometimes birds as having something to do with souls and spirits, mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's uh, there that if there's any one message that I want to get across to our listeners and our viewers, it's that that meaningful coincidences illuminate the hidden currents that connect and unite us. Mm. And that story shows not only the hidden currents between people and among people, but between human beings and the animals around us. It's we true. are connected to them and they are connected to us they're kind of curious about us and they feel what we feel some of them 
And I think in this case, this was a flock of birds being empathic with the mm -hmm. resonating grief of the people on the ground. Yeah. There's you know, also oh, go ahead, Bob. There's also the story of the uh, the memorial for the astronauts who died, and they, uh, <clears throat> the uh, a helicopter overhead dropped these wreaths for them, and as the wreaths hit the water, this whole pod of dolphins came up, uh, and it was all captured on film. It's like they were working in synchronicity with uh, what was going on. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, we've had experiences with um, in Florida. We have. Uh, ground owls what are they called oh burrowing owls they're burrowing. called yeah and we've had i think two or three incidents where a burrowing owl would appear at our door and you know sit on the eaves and a couple hours later we would hear that somebody had passed away well i oh. mean that that's what owls are they're they're messengers between the, the living and the dead i mean in shamanic traditions so and it takes you to be able to, be able to recognize that uh, right. Jung, Jung described something similar in his uh, monograph, Synchronicity, where someone told him about birds collecting uh, on the windowsill of, outside of somebody's house in which the person was dying. Uh -huh. uh, and the third part of it was that, that there were two that happened twice from this description by Jung. But then the third one, uh, there were birds collecting at her house. Her husband had just gone uh -huh. to the doctor. Uh, Jung had said he should because the birds may seem to suggesting something might be wrong with him and there weren't wasn't something wrong with him the doctor couldn't find it but on the way home he died hmm. and these weren't owls so it, it takes your mind you know mm -hmm. that's shaman the shamanistic right. meaning so it it takes two to make that tango to create a meaning i think yeah and insects are also animals and there's the uh story of the praying mantis that oh, yeah. that's a yeah. good one that's a wonderful Joseph one. Campbell. Yeah. yeah. So you want you want me to do that one too? Yeah, sure. Since That's a good one. <laughs> uh, so I have to get my song sheet up here. <laughs> That's what I like to be able to do this to get this stories right. Yeah. Um, uh, and this is this is to start off with. In, insects can show up as they are being thought about i mean there's yeah. something about thinking about that's <laughs> true draws them uh i had this uh i had three mosquitoes got stuck in my house last winter <laughs> and, and I, I maybe there are four of them but uh one of them died maybe i might have killed one of them because i didn't know what they were doing but then there was these two hanging around and i would feed them on blueberries because um, they like they like nectar as well as blood. I, <laughs> the only person I know who feeds mosquitoes, Bernie. <laughs> well, I was I, I was feeding them, and then and there was if they're males, they only last two weeks. If they're females, they last six weeks. Well, months later, I had to kind of shoo them out of the house and go. Yeah, it's it's spring now. Go ahead and do your own thing. <laughs> So that these mosquitoes would fly in front of my eyes uh, when it was kind of feeding time, when I was near the little dish, just fly in front of me. And I sometimes one of them would land on my nose during a Zoom call. And so somebody could see the mosquito on my nose. They're, they're jokers, these guys. They're jokers. So this... this uh, Joseph Campbell, the great mythologist, uh, lived in Greenwich Village in Manhattan. Uh, 
on the 14th floor of a high-rise building. His study had two sets of windows, one of which overlooked the Hudson River. The two other windows faced Sixth Avenue and were hardly ever opened. One day, Joseph was working on a chapter on the mythology of, of the African Bushmen of the Kalahari Desert. In that mythology, the praying mantis is a central heroic figure. He was surrounded by articles about and pictures of the praying mantis. Well, you can guess what's coming. As he was working <laughs> on this, he suddenly had an impulse. And this is a key part of this. He had an impulse. These, these impulses we get, uh, which people call intuition, they are more... They, they're kind of like in this version, it's probably a kind of clairvoyance thing mm. where he sensed something of interest to him. So he opened one of the windows on the side that he never opened. He looked out of the window, turned his head to the right without really knowing why, again, without really knowing why. And there on the wall of the 14th floor of the high rise building was a praying mantis. What? <laughs> is a praying mantis doing hanging around in Manhattan. <laughs> Visiting Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was doing. Yeah. I love it. That's a great story. Let's get into talking about the source of synchronicity, because that's a question that uh, everybody that you know thinks about synchronicity or coincidences uh, want to know, where, what, where does it come from? Is it part of us? Is it from outside of us? Is it from is God? It or is it just all random, like the uh, statisticians say? Yeah. Um, when I get that question, I hope you don't mind, that I will ask you first, because I need to know the question asker's view of reality. And I mm -hmm. kind of know your view of your, your views of reality. But please, how do you think about how such weird things happen? I think it's, you know, part of us that we're connected to something deeper, though, like an underlying reality that uh, connects all of us. And we're tuning into that. Uh, you can call it God or whatever, but I don't like to use the word God because it it creates an image of a male uh, superior <laughs> uh, being. And, you know, that's not what I consider as the overlying reality or underlying reality at all. I think of so, it as quantum like almost like a quantum entanglement. Do you want to explain that a little? Well, I mean, basically what Rob's saying that everything is connected. It's just, we don't always perceive the connections. Oh yeah. And I think okay. coincidences highlight the connections. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Or synchronicity to use the language of the current interviewers. And, and can I, can I throw, can I throw a piece then? Uh, okay. Just because I think I asked a similar question of Philip Mary a couple of <laughs> weeks ago is so how, and, and this may differ across the four different types of phenomena we, that you guys have been talking about, but where does, where does, where does manifestation play into this? You know, hmm. So and and uh, yeah. please define manifestation. So 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 manifesting. So you get a you get a you get a cue from God or the universe or whatever, and then and then and then internalize that and manifest what comes next. If if that makes sense, you get a cue. So the manifestation is coming through you. Correct. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't. That isn't exactly everybody's definition of manifestation. Well, but well, no. That, that there, well, there's something inside of you that you're trying that you are manifesting upon upon your reality. That that there that you that something has triggered you, and that's I know that's a loaded word these days, but I'm just saying <laughs> something something you have observed leads you leads you to pursue something that that uh but 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 you're but you're you're actively engaged in trying to bring about that synchronicity coincidence whatever i mean that's where i'm trying to figure out where do you pigeonhole that into what's the I difference don't, between these i don't I, I i like pigeons but i don't put them in holes yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well well or 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 just how do how you know what is that a diff what is the definition of that well, I, I like your yeah. first definition uh, yeah. uh, is like something uh, more than us mm-hmm. is triggering something in us that then somehow we do something to make it happen. Is or maybe we're just receptive to it, open to it. We're open. Well, well, well we're but triggered, then, but then actively engaged in uh, what. And, and I don't think that we're always conscious that we're doing this. Is that but that you get that you get that initial cue and then and then that leads you down a path that you wouldn't have gone to but then but then mm-hmm. at some point you circle back around and oh that's why i did this you know uh, yeah okay it, it leads you down a path yeah but am no, i uh, but, navigation but, in that like the navigate yeah well, but but I mean, this could be seen as a coincidence. It could be seen as coincidence, uh, a synchronicity, or a, a yeah, serialization, yeah, got, or whatever. Very, yeah, yeah. We have yeah. very many different names for it, but you're describing yeah. what I'm trying to get to, uh, and and Rob was doing the same thing. Is trying to say the the mechanisms as best as we can describe it about how mat- how manifestation works, and you're saying I get a cue from something greater than me that quote leads me down a path but i am walking down that path i think i'm but, doing something to go along with that cue i have but, I, don't yeah, i, I or don't i but but does but but could that have changed but but does that does that change the path does that change your path in that in that there is there is this there is this initial um uh experience that that then that then pushes you maybe off the path you're on or whatever but then but then it it makes you make a decision that you Mm -hmm. might not have made yeah and 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 i think sometimes it's not even conscious you know no 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 it doesn't have to be yeah 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 yeah. and where the people who say it's uh all about god they're really taking it out of the hands of the the humans that if you put yourself involved well no that's not true because god did it and by the way i you have this synchronicity in your book uh when when you're talking uh, when you're in your section about um the people who, the the writers who talk about god as being the the source this man this one author his name is god or ken god of venice uh and if you look at his name, it just jumped out at me. It says, God even knows. Yeah, when Rob oh, told very me this, I good. said, that's got to be that a, far. I, I thought that's that was good. a, ju- a, ju- a <laughs> fake name. No, it's not. I looked it up. That is a real name. And it looked. I looked up the origin of it and everything. You know? I interviewed uh, him on my old radio show. Yeah. Oh, God, God, even, okay. God even knows. Oh, <laughs> and that's his story. 
<laughs> That's a Beach Boy song. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that uh, one of the best songs ever written, actually. Yeah. <laughs> right. That is well. Thanks. I love puns because they are forms of coincidence. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, they don't look like they're connected, but they are. So I, I uh, anyway, you got it. So that's that's that. Thank you for that one. Yeah. Good, one. Good one, Rob. Yeah. You'll do a radio show on that. <laughs> what is coincidence sensitivity? Um, that you mentioned in the book. It's, uh, I hope it's what it sounds like, is that uh, how sensitive t- are you to coincidence? Like the story that Rob told earlier of somebody <laughs> yes, has a coincidence. Rob says, hey, look at that. And I have a story like that. Uh, uh, I heard that where the guy walked into the banker and uh, the banker gave him the money and he, it was just the wrong bank, but it was the wrong banker there right then. It was, it was a substitute. So this guy got the loan and his friend was seeing this happen and he said, wow, that's amazing. You got the right guy instead of the other guy. The, the guy who got the loan was just focused on the loan. And it, it was very clear he wasn't paying attention to it. People who are sensitive to coincidences recognize, first mm-hmm. of all, that they exist and that they might be useful and they might be meaningful, and they might tell us about something. A lot of people don't have that. So uh, as Jimmy Church yesterday was saying, how, when I was on his podcast, how do we get people to pay attention to meaningful coincidence, to synchronicity? How do we do that? And I told him, well, trying to encourage telling each other coincidence stories, Mm -hmm. Uh, as the Coincidence Project is trying to do, get the data out there that I am, and get my book out there, which is a a statement of the field that is getting a lot of attention these days. So maybe that, but that's not enough. It's got to be what you're doing. The kind of work you do is getting this crazy stuff out there as real, that this is the way the world works. The Coincidence Ambassadors, which you are, are trying to make other people more sensitive to coincidences. One thing I've noticed, Bernie, in the 10 years or whatever it's been, 12 years, I I think since Rob and I first wrote Seven Secrets of Synchronicity, I used to at the dog park, I'd say to people, hey, do you know what synchronicity is? 12 years ago, it was like, no. I said, do you know what coincidence is? Oh, sure, I know what coincidence is. That's changed. Now, if you ask people, hey, do you know what synchronicity is? Oh, sure, I I just had one, you know? So there is a... There, there is a oh wonderful thank you for that there's a I, swelling here i yeah. think that i yes rob yeah uh trish it's true that trish does ask that question a lot <laughs> because when she when i first met her i was a reporter and i was interviewing her <laughs> for a great she, metropolitan newspaper right and she and it was hollywood sun tatler oh great <laughs> <laughs> and and uh she she asked me uh uh, do you know what synchronicity is, uh, you know, which we weren't even talking about, uh, you know, <laughs> just kind of at the end of the, the interview. And <clears throat> I said, yeah, because at the time, what I, I thought he of didn't it, really, that's, yeah, that's no, what this, <laughs> no, no. But what I thought about synchronicity at that time was kind of a, a low level form of psychic ability, uh, you know, a kind of a introductory form of psychic ability. And uh, I still think of it at that in, to some extent that way, but it's also more of an umbrella of mm-hmm. other uh, types of uh, uh, psychic abilities, t- telepathy, precognition, uh, 
I decided I wasn't going to date anybody everyone. who didn't know what synchronicity was. <laughs> Smart woman. That's why I asked, in a, in a, in a, some will ask you what your views are, because when I was talking to this guy yesterday, um, he was wanted to talk about consciousness, but he had a very particular way of thinking about consciousness. And I was trying to tell him, I think about consciousness starting with the psychosphere, which mm -hmm. is something I describe in, in meaningful coincidences, as my attempt to, to understand telepathy, clairvoyance, simultaneous independent discoveries, and a lot of other things. And that's my view of how to explain some of these. I have uh, mm -hmm. five or six puzzling cases <laughs> in the in meaningful coincidences. And I get to make my own guesses as you do. And we all get to make our own guesses. We get to pick our favorite thing to say is the explanation. That's why some people say, well, it's all random because they right. like random. Yeah. And Rob, <laughs> right. you, you were making a very important point that I want to emphasize the random guys or people and the God people take away individual responsibility. Right. Yeah. And you, we are not into that. We are wanting to say, I could, oh, the three or four, the three, the four of us here want to say that somewhere in there, we have something, maybe not total free will. I think it's relative to the circumstance. We, we make our own decisions. Is that an illusion? Of course, I think you're an illusion. I don't think you exist. And I'm just making this all up in my We're all living in the matrix. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, and, and, and to, and to be clear, I think that that was the point I was trying to make is that is, and, and so, yes, personally, I think that, yeah, if there, the God or the universe is inside of us and then we, we make our own path, but yeah, I think it is, I think it is free will as much as possible, but Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, Good. yeah uh, Bernie, I, I'd like you to talk about the Valentine's Day story that deals with a roomy quote that was missing uh, part of it. Uh, hey, you like that one, huh? I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'll I'll, I'll 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 get that one. Um, yeah, yeah you pull that what, one up. Why why do you like that one? I I like because, it very uh, much. Okay, uh, I'll tell you why. Because uh, you you said. Uh, the the end result is the woman who told you this story. Uh, you ended up putting her, uh, bringing her into a film that you did. I guess you knew her from a dance uh, studio, uh, and putting her on a film. And I'm thinking, well, I bet this is Christine uh, Crowley. Crowley's film. And uh, we we introduced Christine Crowley to you. Yes, you did. She yeah. came. She came to me from Florida. Yeah. <laughs> And, hey, these people down in Florida said I should talk to you. <laughs> That's right. So that was that. That was the film then that uh, you're you're writing about. That that yeah yeah because now they haven't released that film yet though. Right. No, but I, but I have I have some little outtakes. Uh, oh, do film. you? Yeah, where 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 she has me at the beginning doing my doctor coincidence routine, uh, <laughs> sitting on a log in front of the house here, uh, and. And also, I've got some video she gave me of my dancing with L. Right, I was going to mention that. <laughs> that's in the that's in the movie. It's going right. to be a little bit of the movie too. But that that the this the story took place that I'm going to say uh, on uh, on a Friday and a Saturday, and then Christine uh, was coming with her husband to do to interview me the, on Sunday. 
So I needed to have a little bit of local color for this. <laughs> so, yeah, and I wasn't, I, I wasn't looking, looking, but this is what we call happy accident. <laughs> Serendipity for this. Yeah. So th there's a, there's a kind of what used to be called health food store still is here called that called Rebecca's here in Charlottesville. And there was a manager there named Bill and i just ended up talking with him. And that was on February 14th, Valentine's Day. Um, and we got to talking uh, and I discovered that uh, each of us was interested in meaningful coincidences. So he told me a coincidence uh, involving a woman who earlier that day was looking for the complete quote of a saying from the poet Rumi. She had gone to a yoga class shortly afterward and heard her yoga teacher complete the quote so she got a nice coincidence finding out from the yoga teacher what the complete quote was it's it's not an uncommonly quoted one uh but that with the timing of it was what what got her at the, at dance class the next day uh must have been on sunday i think it was on friday i think it was the same day i asked a new friend l how her valentine's day had gone uh and she told me about needing to find the full quote of a saying. And before <laughs> she could say anything else, I said, and your yoga teacher supplied it. <laughs> now that's fun to do. I mean, that probably blew her mind, right? It did. <laughs> it, it did. It did. <laughs> so that was, uh, it blew her mind. So she was surprised. You knew the answer. <laughs> Neither of us, I, neither of us knew that she and the manager of the store knew each other. I think she, she was working there, it turned out. But we, neither of us knew that. The line uh, she knew was out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and right doing is what she wanted from the teacher. There is a field. I'll meet you there. So two days later, so it must have been a Friday when this happened, the Valentine's Day, I was to be interviewed by a filmmaker about coincidences. You're Chris, Christine Qualley. Mm. So I asked Elle, would she be willing to join me in the film to talk about this coincidence? And we did. We talked, we sat on the couch and Christine and her was interviewing us and uh, <laughs> we told this story. Now, I like this one for a lot of reasons. I like Valentine's Day. I like love and romance and stuff. You're such a Pisces. Uh, <laughs> got me again. You got me in. I know you have sympathy for us fish. I, I know. Do. I know. <laughs> it's a problem. And I, I, try, I try to handle myself. <laughs> Sometimes like, I can't. I don't. Uh, I like this because it's, it, it was I, what I call a meta coincidence. It's a coincidence about a coincidence. Mm -hmm. And meta coincidences are, are more common than you think. And there, there are a couple, there's two different versions of them. One is two coincidences that, uh, about the same thing. And one is a coincidence that seems to comment on another one. This is right. a comment on one by one coincidence about another. And to add to that, that, it worked out to have her in the movie. So That's it becomes great. a seriality thing. And then you, and then you danced with her. Oh, that was fun. I mean, we had such <laughs> a good time dancing. I mean, it, it, 
it was fun. It, it and I only the only the part I don't like is they. I thought they had more film of us dancing than they did. So, <laughs> so you were in a dance class with her. Is that where you met her? Well, it wasn't a dance class. Um, okay. uh, do you remember a group of uh, human beings known as hippies? Uh-huh. Oh, hippies! <laughs> hippies! Hippies! Um, well, I I was. Uh, it's a, it's a very well known secret that I was a part-time hippie on San, in San Francisco in the late 60s and early 70s. And that was part-time because I was doing my residency at Stanford. Uh, <laughs> that was my, that was my, that was my out there in the, out there in the forest work. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was my out there seeing what's going on out there. Cause I mean, you know, it was really weird and wonderful back in those days in the late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. And it was. And I I got into that. And I, I saw so much synchronicity and serendipity in that place. So much. Yeah. That that really encouraged me to be to get more into uh, studying coincidence because mm-hmm. I, I saw so many of them. Hmm. It's Wait, interesting you- that... Uh, yeah, I uh, just want to mention that just before uh, you came on... Bernie, we're talking with John, who is going to a couple concerts following the same group, Pearl Jam. And I said, well, we had a friend who followed uh, the Grateful Dead around. So, And I was thinking, I bet Bernie knows about the Grateful Dead being from uh, <laughs> San Francisco of that era. Yeah, it was Carol oh, Bowman yeah. and her husband. Yeah. Oh, Carol Bowman. Yeah. No yeah. Well, she, she, was, she was into the Youngbloods. Yes. She was into the Youngbloods. Yeah. And that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all she would say <laughs> bernie to- you've got oh i'm sorry i just want to ask this question yeah. before this ends okay one of the oddest synchros in your book is about the guy who experienced morning sickness while yeah. his wife was pregnant yeah that is what what is that called is that simulpathy it's a it's a form of it but it's happening in the present it's they're happening to them together uh it's it's happening in the same place. So it's simulpathy in the same place, which is different. There's a there's a name for it, and I, I can look it up, but there's a name for that happening. It's something that's a medical been, term or something. Medical term, yeah. Huh. And, and the 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 reason and what they've done is study the men's blood and the and the, I don't know, there's something like their prolactin levels or their estrogen levels, I forget which ones, are also high in the men. Huh. Uh, as they are experiencing what their their partner is also experiencing, not just with morning sickness, uh, and not but with also some of the uh, biochemical changes that are huh. going on in a woman's body. Interesting. It's, it's again about demonstrating how closely connected right. we are, and closely connected people, empathically connected people, are one thing sometimes. Yeah, And you had that story about the two brothers. The one was going to commit suicide and the other brother found him, which is uh, incredible because he had no idea where the brother was or why, where he was, that he was even looking for his brother. That uh, is a very strange one. That Well, that's not so strange to me. That's an example of... Uh, what I'm now calling internal GPS rather than human mm. GPS. Mm. I, I interviewed somebody uh, named Nicole Froelich who on her own had come up with internal GPS rather than human GPS. And this is a simple example of how um, 
of simultaneous discovery. She came up with something very similar to mine. In that story, uh, a, a young woman who was like 18 or 19 had gotten her father's gun and went out to a lake in the, some woods that she hadn't been to before and uh, was thinking about blowing her brains out. And as she was doing that, as you mentioned, uh, a car pulls up and it's her brother. And she says, what are you doing here? And he says, I don't know. I just felt I should come here. And uh -huh. he'd never been there either. Hmm. <laughs> that's, that's internal GPS. He could, sim he could feel her pain, the simulpathity aspect of it. And this is why it's not just physical pain, it's emotional pain. And this emotional pain in her, he could feel. And then this is part of the mystery is how did he get to a place he'd never been yeah, to? Yeah, that is. That's. Yeah. Hmm. We know we used to live next door to identical twins. So when I found out they were identical, I said, okay, have you telepathically communicated with each other? Well, of course they had. And they gave me this very dramatic example. One night, Annette, who's the older twin, was at a bank depositing money from her job or whatever it was. And she was held up. And at the same time, her, her twin, who was in Tennessee, many miles away, woke up and knew that something, something was happening, something important. That I think something blew up in her in her bathroom, like a whole bunch of shelves fell. There, there was some physical manifestation of this too. Wow. And yeah, that, a while later, remember the story, Rob? Yeah, that's how she woke up because all the the all the shelves with the drugs and uh, all the different things uh, uh, above it the sink. It was perfume samples. She was selling perfume. Yeah, and they it collapsed. Uh, yeah. Woke her up. And um, not long after Annette left the bank, she called her Jeanette and said, you know, sobbing, and said, I was just held up. And Jeanette knew it. You know, she knew something had happened. She knew it was related to her sister, that crashing of the. Uh, That's a form samples. of simulpathy for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bernie, we're coming to the end of our hour. Oh, uh, this could, has been great. Bernie, I could talk to you for hours. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, uh, tell us more about the synchronicity uh, project and what you're doing and what's planned. Well, there are two people who aren't in it that I know about. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Don't make us feel guilty, Bernie. No, I try. I try. <laughs> I try. I think, I mean, I, res I respect your decision. I mean, I think it's the right decision for you. And it works out well with us, too. But, you know, I miss hanging around making fun of it. it no, never mind. I, and, like, getting made fun and get into fights with, and you know what I'm talking about. I mean, we, we had some good times there, Trish. Yeah, uh, we Trying did. to figure each and other out. And I've got out. to come back to the cafe. I've just been really busy. Well, I know you're that very busy and Rob is too. You got a lot of stuff to do. And so it's true of a lot of people, but what we've formed and as you audience gets some idea about that, I helped organize a group that we call the coincidence ambassador which Trish and Rob were part of. And we, we uh, met once a month trying to do what? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it just seemed like the next thing to do is kind of like what, your producer was talking about, he said, well, you got this cue, so maybe you <laughs> ought to do it. So, okay. So I found Juliet trail. It's a another long story with coincidence in it. And she and I helped organize people at a coincidence ambassador. So I went through all my radio shows to see who might be good candidates to be joining us who might want to and have the energy and desire. And the two of you were, 
among other people. And we got, we, we collected a bunch of people who started meeting regularly and then we started to get formal. Well, are you in or is you out? This is the kind of question we had to ask. And well, some people were out earlier than others. And finally, the decision had to be made as we formed a, a nonprofit with rules and, you know, money and like obligations. Mm -hmm. uh, some people couldn't do that. Uh, and now we have 10 people that uh, are actively involved in trying to figure out what our next steps are, which is currently building a website and the, the and then planning an initial launch. And the initial launch will feature my book at the beginning mm -hmm. as a way of saying this is like an overview thing. Uh, which we'll, book? Both of them? No, just the, that, that one back the there. The new one. Okay. That one back there. Meaningful <laughs> coincidence. Because uh -huh. well, co coincidentally, they came out around the same time. Go ahead. Yeah, but weren't you talking about getting a grant as well for something? Oh, yeah. We got to be organized. <laughs> we got to have something that says you can give us the money. But, you know, it's not a bad thing to tell the grant, whoever that is, what we want to do with the money. It's not a bad yeah. thing to do. That. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> so we have to organize ourselves as a board and get our website out. So we're kind of real and having a launch. So that makes us more real. And then being able to think about what we would like to get some money for. And the big thing is to pay the, the my co-leader, Juliet, because mm -hmm. I've been doing that. It'd been nice to have help there. But I want to have a research project where we look at patterns and coincidences. That's mm -hmm. what I that's what I want to be able to do. But let me quote <clears throat> again, the purpose of the vision of the of the coincidence project is to illuminate the hidden currents that connect and unite us make sure you don't do your launch under a mercury retrograde <laughs> so Trish please Essie. ask me I'll, I'll run the date <laughs> that you want to launch i'll this. tell you i'll tell you the date uh, okay somehow we did this this zoom thing and we made it yeah we did it on <laughs> mercury retrograde <laughs> We'll, we'll see if it gets produced, though. Uh, oh, yeah, well, you never can tell about that. <laughs> if the recording tell. was even on. I had, no, it was on. I, I, I had a cue and I followed it, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Bernie. Oh, this has been great, Bernie. Thanks so much. You're welcome. And I, I hope your book makes the Times. Yeah, I hope what? Great. Makes the New York best, New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, That's well, what we want for you. It's it's intended to be a leading edge for what we're all doing. Okay, okay. good. That's what that's yeah. what this is. It's just, I really I really enjoyed reading it. Oh, I'm so glad you did. Yeah. I'm so glad you did. Thank you. Thank you both. It's been great to see each of you and both of you together. Yeah. Okay. And the guy well, thank behind, you, Bernie. And, and you're welcome. And the guy behind Mrs. our tech Sula. magician. Yeah. Show, yourself, Mrs. Show yourself, John. Show yourself, John. There he is. Hey, John. Hey. All right. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Okay, Bernie, thanks so much. You're yeah. welcome. Take care. Bye. <laughs>
Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical. Thank you.